this is one that will really blow you away. So five loads. Think about five loads. Okay. Now you you are you a money guy. You you are in the wealth. So you go follow this real quick. So five loads at a thousand dollars per load. And your customer runs them Monday through Friday. You know what that comes out to? 1.3. 1.3 million. 1.3 million on your book of business with that. It's because of five loads, by the way. So your customer has a load that goes from wherever to wherever. And so here's the thing about lanes. Most of them are, are what's considered dedicated lanes because they go from the same origin to the same destination. Okay. Dedicated lane. It go from Baltimore to Philly. This, you know, this load of apples every two weeks or every day or however often the market needs it, however often the demand is calling for that commodity type. It needs to move. This lumber needs to move from Baltimore to Philly every day. Okay. So I got five of them every day. That's paying $1,000 each. That's $5,000 a day and $25,000 a week. That's crazy. And that $25,000 a week, that's $1.3 million on a year. Hey, 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 family, this is Che Willis coming back with another episode of Wealth is a Journey podcast. Guys, we are moving. We are shaking out here, like I say, every week, um, putting out good content, uh, bringing on good guests. Before I start, I always like to thank everybody who's liked, who shared, who subscribed to Wealth is a Journey podcast. On this podcast, and sometimes I forget. So so forgive me. I'm I'm new at this. Sometimes I forget to talk about what the podcast is about because I assume that everybody who's watching the podcast has watched already. But if you are new to this uh podcast, we talk about health, we talk about wealth, we talk about uh budgeting, we talk about marriage, fatherhood, all things that's going to make you a well-rounded person that you're going to need on your wealth journey. So today we are in for a treat. Um, we have a special guest today. My guy is out here moving, like moving and shaking. Like when I say I, I'm bringing on my millionaire friends, like this guy is out here really, really doing it, really doing it. Um, and we're going to get into it. My guy, Brian Henderson, um, I met this gentleman a while back. Uh, he's a part of the morning meetup the the uh, group that I talk about almost every episode because the morning meetup has changed my life shout out to Dave Shans and his team um but I got my man Brian Henderson uh on here today to talk about 4k logistics his business so why don't you introduce yourself bro yes 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 Shay bro thanks for having me on what 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 Wealth is a journey. Wealth hey. is a journey. Yes, sir. <laughs> I absolutely love the name because it's so true. Wealth is a journey, man. This thing is a journey. So uh, my name is Brian Henderson. I'm people, a lot of people call me Big B. Uh, I've taken the throne as king of logistics. Yes, so sir. 
Yes, sir. This king of logistics. I'm a freight broker, and glad to be on the show, man. Happy to yes, be sir. on the show. Yeah, yeah. I'm for, fam. Glad to have you. First of all, um, uh, if 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 nobody has heard the accent, and uh, I'm I'm gonna assume that you're from Baltimore. No, you're not. No, sir. No, sir. Uh oh. Uh oh. Not from Baltimore. I'm from DC, man. DC. Okay. My bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You know that that that's a that's a hard one there. You can't we 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 can't you know. Yeah, I I went to uh, I went to Cheney University, and I don't know how old you are, but I'm assuming we're around the same age. I'm 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 44. I'm assuming you're probably a little bit younger or around the 38. There you go. Okay. All right. And so when I went to Cheney back in '97 to 2001, uh, there was a lot of people from DC there. And a lot of the people from D.C. just hung out with people from D.C. They did not kind of stray outside of the D.C. thing. And they, they, the girls wore, uh, what are they called, fur, fur, furloughs or something like that. They were like real, real tight uh, jeans. I forget what they were called. But then they wore wrestling shoes, too. I don't know. Did they, did they still do that? Hey, my wife was wearing wrestling shoes today. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So, uh, so I, I thought I thought that you was from from Baltimore. I apologize. I used to um, nope, no, it's fine. Go down to Morgan State all the time my, to visit my boy, and uh, we used to go to the to the Paradox and Fahrenheit and and hang out, and it was it was the greatest time ever. So, shout out to my oh. man, Sign West. Now, I say I'm I'm not I'm not from Baltimore. I don't do not claim Baltimore. But if you look up my business, we are registered where in Baltimore. Got it. Because we just happened to move up the road. So, you know, we 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 from, you know, down that side, different county, different territory. It's, it's, it's like two different worlds yeah. from, you know, where me and my wife from the same neighborhood down. It's Landover, PG County. Um, and we just happened to start migrating more north. You know, our money took us north as we, you know. <laughs> that sounds like a good thing. Your money's going north, you going north. Yeah, you know, we just happened to get more bang for our buck, and we just had to go that direction. Like, we're not... And, and you know, changing your environment, you know how that is. When Bro. you change your environment, just things start happening. Special Fact. things start happening. And, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, bro, because um, changing my environment, joining the morning meetup uh, about a year and a half ago, has changed my life for the better. Um, it really bought me out of my shell, which I'll get into, you know, at some point in time. But what I want to know is who was Brian before you joined the morning meetup? And then who's Brian now? Ooh, okay. Good question. Before I joined the morning meetup, I was Brian that was behind the scenes, a hundred percent. I was, I was not showing my face. I was not out there. Um, I was just about doing the work, trying to provide for my family and keep it pushing, you know. Um, so I was I was a solopreneur. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I started my business maybe about probably about a year and a half before I joined the meetup. And, um, you know, it was just head down and work, 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 man, because first time being an entrepreneur, like really on my own without the security of a job. You know what I'm saying? So uh, stepping out there, 
it was just like grind, grind, grind. And I was by myself doing that. And, you know, one thing that will really kind of speaks to where I was at uh, is before I started the morning meetup, I had actually said this to my wife that a self-development book can't do anything for me. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was at, I was like, hey, I can't, that books can't do nothing for me. I'm like, I don't, you know, that's why I was at. Yeah. You, you was like, you and, was like DMX and belly. Kids can't eat no books, dog. You know? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. What the book going to do for me. Yeah. You know? So, I, that's where I was at. I really was like, you know, I just wasn't into that space. And I and I was to myself, with just stick it to myself and to my family. I really, over the years from my youth, I, like my trust has went through some things with people. So I just stick to what I know and stick to my family. And that's how I had been before I started the meetup. But one thing that I, I started feeling was that I needed to start getting around some community and getting around some people and getting around like-minded individuals. Because as I started the business, I wanted to learn, you know, because I never had been in a position where I was earning money like this, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is different. I need to start learning about what I need to do next and things I need to be focusing on as I'm growing this business. So I started taking, you know, uh, uh, getting information from free resources like YouTube, diving into YouTube about, you know, just financial literacy and and entrepreneurship and growing your business. And, you know, one reoccurring thing I just kept hearing over and over was you need to get around. You need to get in the room. Yep. You need to get in the room. Yep. I kept hearing it. You need to get in the room. You need to get in the room. And I was like, yeah, I, I need to get in the room because I don't have anybody that I can communicate right now with at this level. Yep. Yeah. No one. Yeah. I have no one that I can communicate with. And uh, while I was on that journey through YouTube, who did I come upon? Mr. Shams. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, he, you know, he he uh, he grabbed my attention and brought me right into the meetup without saying anything to me, but he was speaking to me, you know? Yeah. And um, since I've been in it, things have, just like you said, my life has completely changed. Now, I've always been a driven individual, I feel. Mm -hmm. I feel I've always been ambitious and always been a go-getter and a leader and all of that. I've always felt that way about myself. But getting in that room and you know, hearing the the way how he challenges us to think outside the box, to not be lazy. Like, that was one. Look, I got that. Sh that was something that he did say to me. Uh-huh. Directly was, bro, hold up. Like, I, I, the question that I asked, he's like, sound like you don't want it. Mm. Sound like you might be being lazy. And I'm like, whoa, I, I, never, uh, I never really got that. I never, I never got that. I never got that coaching. You know, that that mentor 
it was just from me, you know, looking at videos and stuff. So getting in the room and getting around him, being the mastermind he is and the the other um, individuals that he brings on, millionaires that we can just ask questions right on the screen like this. Like it's, it's amazing. So it's changed so much for me. I mean, first time going to Atlanta, you know, first time been to Atlanta from the meetup. And since being in the community, I done been, again, I went down to his studio and did a content day with him and took my daughter. So it's changing not only my life, but my family life. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, been life-changing even this like it was inspiration i have another studio in my basement that i built after i came back from his studio <laughs> when i came back it was, it just inspired me so i'm like that's nice i you know I, I i could do that myself because i'm going on this journey of exposure another thing that i learned from the meetup yeah that's dope man and and uh i i don't think people understand they they, they see the the great things about entrepreneurship, the money that you can make and, <clears throat> and so forth. But being an entrepreneur is so lonely, bro. Especially if you don't have friends, obviously that are in entrepreneurship because they don't understand the things that you go through mentally that you can, it, because it seems like to them, like you're just complaining. Like, what are you complaining about? You got your own business. Like, like what are you doing? And, and mm -hmm. being a part of, for for many reasons, but just being a part of the morning meetup just for that is dope. Like you can bounce ideas off of different people and yes. see what they have going on. And for me, I am, I'm the budget guy, right? And I like to, well, before I became, came to the morning meetup, I was like, I'm not paying to be a part of nobody group. That's, that's stupid. I'm not doing that. But like you, I heard get in the room, but I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? And I'm thinking, okay, well, once I got over that, I, I need to pay. So I paid, I prayed first about what, what group I would join. And, and Dave Shans, uh, sat right in my spirit to, to, to move along with that. And I was to the point where like, I thought, okay, well, I'm in the room now. Now what? I'm just sitting in the back, kind of like you were saying, sitting in the background, not saying nothing, not participating. And I mentioned it before on a podcast that I was going to quit because I'm like, this is stupid. Like, I'm not doing anything. But my wife was like, yo, well, are you participating? I'm like, well, no. But as soon as I started participating, things started picking up. Things started picking up. And um, I'm so glad that I stuck with it, bro, because I'm meeting people like yourself. Um, obviously talk, having conversations with Dave, um, while we're, while we're doing the, the morning meetup and, and bringing me out of my shell, um, to even host the part of the morning meetup. Like that's a, that's a huge deal for me, man. And, and to bring me out of that, bro, like it's a big deal, man. So anybody I talk to, I'm like, um, who were you before? Because I need to know, because I know who I am now and who I'm becoming, so I need to know, uh, like who who you were and 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 uh, you know, things. And I I can definitely uh, you know uh, relate to you as far as the coming out of the shell. And I think that's that's a big part of what he helps a lot of us with with and coming in 
because I, I wasn't the social media guy at all. You know, I just was like, I'm not into that. I didn't have I, my Instagram page had my face nowhere on it. <laughs> <laughs> Intentionally, I told I had my daughter, my oldest daughter start our Instagram page and I was letting her manage it. I'm like, and she still is involved with it now, but she would bring me stuff that would have my face on it. And I'd be like, nah, babe, let's do something else. Really, because I just wasn't about that. I, and and one thing that, you know, it, being in the group helped me realize is things are different nowadays. Yeah, Things are not the same. People don't make money the same. Mm -hmm. And you can sit back and keep waiting and miss the whole wave. Yep. Because you're trying to do things the way it used to be. Correct. Instead of catching up and just like not following the trend, but social media to be out of it as a business, thinking about it now, you're crazy. like how could you have a business and not have a presence on social media yeah and that that's one thing i, I wrestle with bro because i i i hate wasting time like i'm the type of person i hate wasting time and i feel like like right now i deleted my apps on the social media apps because i feel like i'm scrolling even if it's five minutes or ten minutes i'm scrolling i get on there for one thing and i scroll and next thing i know ten minutes later i'm still scrolling like what did i get on here for again so I think for me, it's a thing where, okay, get on there for what you need to get on there for. And then, and then dip, you know what I'm saying? And, but, but I think, I think you're right. Um, and I think also with being in the group, um, being a doer of what you hear, because you can be a consumer of the information and you just consume information. Oh yeah, that was good. I'm gonna consume this information. I'm gonna write it down. Cool. Yeah. And then, then what? Yeah, you yeah, because here, you know what that can do to you, especially with the group, because if you don't have your mindset on what you want to do, yeah. it can it can really overwhelm you a little bit. You yeah. know, if you're not level-headed to say, well, that's not my information right there. Yeah. You know, because everything yep. ain't for you. Facts. Facts. Everything ain't for you. But you can like people can you got folks that came on that come on that have done things that have been successful at things and it sounds so good mm -hmm. so if you're not straight about what you want to do yeah you hear this idea that somebody else has been successful in i don't mean it's for you for you to start charging 100 miles per hour towards something new because you just heard it yeah. so you know it's it's something to to be able to take in the information and apply what works for you correct i agree i agree 100 and uh that and that's another thing i talk about on this podcast is purpose like per, your knowing your purpose is very very important especially if you're in business because you can be doing, like you said, if if you're not clear on what you're supposed to be doing or or how to do the thing that you're supposed to be doing, then whatever sounds good over here, you're going to do. And then something else sounds good over here, then you're in this direction. Then you're back here doing this. And, and you have to be clear on what you're supposed to be doing. 
in order to be successful uh, in in business um, because you could be yeah. pulled in so many different directions, man. Yeah, and and I would say like for it, you have to make that commitment. One thing, I, I so I went to the uh, the the meetup at um, that they had. It was the, the cookout. The May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yep. Right. We was there together. Yep. Um, we had uh so I remember when I got up and I asked my question. And Donnie was like, um, pick one thing. Do it very well, master one thing, and then reward yourself with the next. Yeah. Yep. So yes, wow, this looks good, and this looks good, and this sounds good. Until you master one, you're going to be driving yourself crazy trying to chase all these different, just focus on one. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and get really good at that one because yeah. you can, you can actually do it. If you go, if you really with purpose, like you said, when, when we started, when I started the freight brokerage, it was built on purpose and a commitment that I knew this is what I'm going to do right now. Yeah. I knew it Be before I started it. I researched, I did all this work and trying to figure out what the business is about, trying to learn as much as I could. And once I learned it and I was ready, I was like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I told my wife and I was like, look, I'm not a salesperson. I've never done sales before. Mm. So I don't see this as being a quick starter. Yeah. Like it's not just going out the gate like that because I, I don't even know sales and this is a sales business <laughs> so babe you see what we about to do we about to go jump into something that we know nothing about don't know nothing about other than the information that I've been getting from you know I, I was in I've been in trucking for 20 years but I've never been a freight broker before so what's the so what's the difference so first of all what what is a trucker which is pretty self-explanatory. And what is a freight broker? Okay, so uh, let's go freight broker freight broker first. Okay. So you think of Walmart. Walmart has all these different goods and they have, say, a thousand loads today that they need to move. Mm -hmm. Walmart will come communicate with a freight broker who has access to thousands, tens of thousands of trucks. Okay. The freight broker then goes and he takes the loads from that, from Walmart at a rate. Mm -hmm. Say Walmart says, we'll pay you a thousand dollars per load. So Walmart gives me a hundred loads at a thousand dollars per load. Those, those loads are mine. They're going to pay me in probably 30 days. But those are my loads right now. So I can take those loads and whatever price I feel I can move them for, I'm going to sell them to truck drivers. Wow. Yes. And every truck that you see, well, let me let me tell you this. 88% of truck drivers get their work from freight brokers. Wow. And 80% of shippers use freight brokers to move their loads because it's easy because all you got to do is make a phone call hey i need this moved 
and you, you now, make based on Walmart, and it's a whole process as far as where we are because we we have to vet the carrier, we have to get them set up with us. We're not just using any old body. Sure, sure, yeah. Because they're the face of your business. At the end of the day, you're the middleman. You need them to do a good job. You also want to pay them well if you're trying to do good business as a freight broker. Sure. Because you want them to do a good job for you. You don't want them all pissed off on your load because you negotiated with them and you negotiate them down, 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 make them feel bad. No, that's not what we do. Yeah. We want to give the truck what the truck wants. Okay. Once we take care of the truck rate, then we're charging our customer the rate on top of that as a it's a whole. So if the truck, so on that same thousand dollar load that I got from the if the truck said he's good to take nine hundred, I made a hundred dollars on that load. Okay. But I got a hundred of them. I mean, I got a, you know, I got a thousand of them. <laughs> so it's about the volume. And the reason why uh, Walmart is going to deal with us instead of the truck is because when you're going down the road, it's more single truck companies on the road than there are big truck companies. Okay. There are more single owner operators. Charge more? Huh? The big truck companies are going to charge more? Well, not necessarily that they'll charge more. It's just the whole sourcing process for that logistics manager at Walmart. As opposed to calling 4TK Logistics and giving me 500 loads, calling another broker, giving them 500 loads. We have to vet. We have to go through the process of scheduling, making sure that drivers show up on time, making sure the driver, I mean, well, before even all that, Making sure you got insurance and you got a good truck and the type of equipment that we need to move this load. <laughs> All that first. And then we got to just track throughout the process to make sure it picks up the load, delivers the load. Because each one of these loads could be worth up to $100,000 mm -hmm. in certain situations. Some, like us, we have cargo insurance that's up to $250,000, which means one of our customers has loads that required us to have insurance that is up to $250,000. That means that's how much is traveling on that truck. So it's a big deal. Yeah. When they're giving us these this work. is and, and it's a very large industry as far as the freight broker industry. It's a, in the U.S., it's a $16 billion industry annually. Wow. Globally, it's sixty million, sixty billion dollars annually, right. and you know where we are—the weight that I'd say, you know, just if we talk about statistics, um, African Americans hold about five percent. Wow, of the, you know, market as a freight broker, so. How did you say, hey, I want to get into this arena? How did that happen? So for for many years, I looked at different businesses. I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. When I was a teenager, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I thought about um, having apartments when I was young. Because I was like, if I have apartments, they got to pay me rent every month. And I don't have to do nothing. So that's my, you know, my that was my mindset when I was young. I was like, yeah, I always wanted to be a boss, always wanted to be an entrepreneur, wasn't sure, you know. And 
when I uh, started working, uh, I gravitated towards warehousing. Okay. So um, I started as a laborer, unloading trucks, you know, temp agencies and all that. So from the bottom, learning everything straight from the bottom and, and doing the best job I could as a laborer. I was moving them boxes. Mm-hmm. And but how and, how bad how bad did it suck working as a laborer? And I'm I'm well, going it 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 actually you know it it sucked, but it was one of those that was like I I had family at home. Yeah. So there, it, there it, it was it was it was a different. It felt different because yeah. you know I had family at home, and I'm like, this the money that I can get right now, so I'm about to get it. Yeah. But, but the reason but, I asked that, the reason I asked that was because like people despise humble beginnings they despise it this sucks i hate it i need to be doing something else but you need to be where you are because you learned all the inner workings of the job working from the bottom and mm-hmm. people just want to be automatically at the top and you yep. can't do that you can't learn from the top yeah and that's the thing i from even then when i was working next to somebody it wasn't about complaining about what we're doing yeah I I don't have time for that. Let's just I'm just ready to rock so I can go home. Let yeah. me go ahead and finish, knock this out so I can go home. And my thing was I I I didn't have a problem with that because I knew any job that I went to, any and every job that I went to, that that was not my ending spot. I was not finishing there. <laughs> oh, it didn't mean a whole lot to me. Because I'm like, I got, I'm I'm going somewhere. It's okay that I'm here right now, but I'm going to keep working. So even being a laborer, it wasn't a big deal for me because I saw other positions and I just worked. And then you know what happened? I started getting pulled in those positions. So I went from labor to, um, you know, uh, what is it? Um, like assistant manager. Okay. And then, and in a short period of time, and so I'm looking at these positions like, man, how long, I wonder how long it take me to, you know, work myself to that. So I just, every job I worked in, it was about providing as much value as possible. Bro, 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 stop, stop right there, please, please, please. Entrepreneurs, if you are a beginning entrepreneur, please just focus on adding value. That's, bro. That's all you need to do. Just focus on adding value. Brian, I'm so glad you said that, bro. Because I think a lot of people miss the boat on just adding value. If you add value to somebody else's life, then you are always going to be in demand. Always. Continue. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. And and so every job I went to, that was my main focus. Whenever anybody was talking about anything else, I'm like, I'm just going to add as much value as possible. Yeah. And I'm going to do I'm going to do the job to where nobody can't really say that I'm not doing anything because I'm, I'm, I'm I've always had intuition. I'm like, I'm not standing back watching that need to be. Oh, you ain't help me with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was always a jump in, always a jump in type of guy. And and I'll lead the pack and show and let, let me jump in. So by me having that type of mentality, I people saw that and started pulling me. Mm hmm. You know, so they pulled me up. Let me let me take you with me because you're making my life easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So from the labor place, I had a, this guy, my guy, Mike, 
and all the somewhere out in the world, Mike is out there, and I still communicate with him. And Mike said, "Look, Brian, I'm taking you with me." And he took me to this other job, and he took me in with him to the owner of the company. And I'm telling you, I'm about 18 years old, young as you know, just young and green. Don't know much about management or anything. But he took me in and he said, before we went in, he said, Brian, I'm I'm telling him that me and you was in management together at the last spot. So I'm telling him that you was a manager. Okay. We about to go sit down. So we went and sit down and I get the assistant manager job with him. He got the position above me. So he brought me with him. Yeah. And then he didn't like it. So he rolled out. He was like, man, I'm out of here. He left me there. And I'm telling you, I was the manager by myself and I was getting kicked in the butt by everybody in Baltimore. I'm telling you, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough because I was dealing with the dudes from off the corner that was just coming in to get a job. And they was like, who's this young guy trying to tell me what to do as an assistant manager? You don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it was rough. Yeah. And I had to humble myself a whole lot because I'm from the streets. Yeah. Like I, I you know, I, I'm I'm from the streets. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm just saying, you know, I'm from the streets. Yeah. So I had to humble myself. And then I'm in Baltimore, different territory, and these guys talking crazy to me. So, you know, it was a really humbling experience. But I still focused on doing the best job that I could do in that role. Yeah. And then I moved on to another place that was bigger than that in the same field. I wanted to drive, so I moved out of out of the out of management to this other company where I I took a step down to drive, but okay. it was a bigger company. Okay. So I was like, I'm going to a bigger company that I have more space to grow, but I took a step back. Yeah. Into a driving position with my family and everything. And what happened over there? Pull me up. But, oh, ooh, let me tell you this first, though. Yeah. If, if I can tell you this really quick, this, this one story real quick about this place. So when I get there, it's uh, a gentleman that looks like us. Yep. That works there. And he's talking all good. Brian, Brian, you, man, you are, uh, you my protege. Which I ain't care too much for, because yeah. like you know, I'm me. I'm not really <laughs> whatever. But he's like, you've been doing a great job. The customers request you, like, and I was a driver and I was a delivery driver. He was like, man, everybody loves you. You you've been completing jobs quicker than we've done them in the past. You saving us money and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, great. So that's me providing value. So. When I started, he agreed to give me $15.50 per hour. But my first check was $15 per hour. Um, so after all this, you've been providing value. I'm like six months in. Hey, bro, can I can I get a raise? Because I did not even get the 50 cent that was supposed to be on my check when I first started. So he slighted me. He was like, uh, we'll do it after a year. So after a year came, he gave me a dollar and I, I wasn't really happy with the dollar, but I still did my job, but I've always been one to voice to, to speak, you yeah. know, especially at jobs because you get walked over if you don't speak up sometimes. Thanks. So I just was like, Hey, I got a family. I'm trying to grow. 
I understand. I appreciate you giving me what you did, but I'm probably going to need to find something on the side or start looking. I'm not giving no notice, but I, I just got to grow. So that was bad for him. And you know, next thing he did, got me laid off. Wow. I had been there for like three years and watched other people get laid off. And never got laid off because I was one of the ones that provided value. I would do whatever, you know, I would do anything. And he laid, he got me laid off. Looked like. And you just told him you so had a what happened, to do things. So I was, I happened to be already looking at another job. I, I went and started the other job. And my wife was like, you should reach out to the owner because the owner liked me because he heard from him talking so much about how good Brian was. Yeah. You should talk to the owner. I was like, babe, he already know. I'm not, I'm not about to chase that down. And I really, you know, but what I wasn't listening to my wife. <laughs> I was going to say that for her. <laughs> I was going to say that. I should have listened to my wife yep. because when I did call and I got in contact with the owner, he said he didn't even know that I was laid off. Wow. You see what we did? See what, not we, but you yeah. see what he did? And he, like, not on a, it's not personal, it's business, but he knew I had a family, small, young family and everything too. And I didn't mm -hmm. do anything to be laid off. You just asked for more money, which you probably deserve. Yeah. So that was a sad situation. End up, the the owner said, you want to come back in a different division? I said, absolutely. And so the other division, who the manager was? The same guy? No. But he didn't look like us. Uh, okay. <laughs> and he brought me right on. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and after he brought me on as a driver, he brought me into the office. Him and Mike was the same. You know what I'm saying? Him and yeah. Mike was like the same guy. Yeah. And they 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 looked out. And they said, this young guy is trying to do well by his family. He does a good job while he's at work. They pulled me in. And so over that time, I was looking at businesses, okay. you know, because I still, even though, okay, it's fine. Pull me in. I got a job. I got management positions, all that. I still never was like, this is my ending spot. Yeah. I'm just doing what I naturally do, which is always try to provide the most much value. So in that process, like every year, they was giving me a different position that was higher. And I was still looking at businesses. And my first thought was, because I had my class A, mm -hmm. was to start a trucking business. That was the first thought. Start a trucking business. And I looked at the numbers because I've always been trying to be a numbers guy. And I'm like, okay, if I'm going to get into anything, I'm going to need money to get into it. And then I'm going to need money to keep, to maintain it. And when I, every time I looked at it, the, the numbers didn't work for me to get a truck based off of what I was, my, my life, my okay. current lifestyle. Yep, yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I had a wife and I'm at the time, probably four kids. And I'm like, I can't, uh, no, we had five kids at the time. I'm like, I can't, uh, leave my job to drive trucks because I'm going to need more than one truck for it to work. Okay. That's just, I'm like, this is not about me, you know, struggling as an owner operator and repeating this cycle 
and just going to get another job basically for myself <laughs> where well, I'm gonna have to work in the job. So it just didn't work when I looked at being a truck driver. So the, you know, I just kept looking and uh, was trying to figure it out what it was. My wife ended up getting a dispatching course. Mm. And I, you know, I looked at that and I was like, yeah, I don't know. And, um, I just was searching around online and I came up on Freight Broker. And when I when I looked at it, the expenses to get in was little to nothing. Like it was it was margins less than trying to get my own truck. Okay. It was like thousands less. And and, and the, less less physical work too. Less physical work, less risk. And what I when I really looked at the math, I'm like, hold up. If I'm if I was doing the trucking business the way I want to with a fleet and trucks and drivers and all that, I'm gonna have to pay the drivers, I'm gonna have to pay the fuel, I'm gonna have to pay the insurance, I'm gonna have to pay for the truck, I'm gonna have to pay for all this different stuff. And at the end of the day, this is what I'm gonna make. Mm. So as a freight broker, because I'm the middleman and I don't have the truck, I have to pay the truck for them, you know, for all his expenses he got. But I'm just cutting out all that. That part, I'm cutting out the whole thing, and I'm basically still taking, making the same money, but more because as that owner operator, he got one truck. How many loads a day can the one truck cover? You know what I'm saying? But as a a freight broker, you can give me twenty. That's the difference. I could take twenty loads a day and sit right here in my office. Right. And move them 20 loads and make more money actually than the truck. So by, by not trying to take, but you know, taking a small percentage. That's small, you know, because my customer, when you find the right customer, they're paying me to find them trucks. Hmm. So they know he has to pay the truck too. And then my fee is on top of that, which is a small fee. You know, it's it's it, we basically about 15%. So we find out whatever the truck needs and then we add 15% on to that. Okay. So how long did it take for you to say, okay, I got it to actually start or were you start? Did you start when you were still working? I was still working. That's, that's the, Ooh. So I was at my, uh, so not the place where I moved up the ladder. I became director of operations. It's a crazy story how I ended up having to exit that company. But I went to another company. I was a regional manager there. Mm -hmm. And so I was overseeing this large Amazon account where we were contractors for Amazon. We used to move about uh, 80 to 100 box trucks a night for Amazon. I'm talking about Monday through Sunday, <laughs> seven days a week we was doing Amazon and it was 80 to hundred box trucks every single night. While I was there, I got the idea to start the freight brokerage in 2021. And that was February. We didn't start operating until about June. And in June, you know, we was just trying to get our feet wet, trying to get going, trying to get some customers tapping into old contacts, moving a couple loads here and there. And then, you know, as we moving along, start picking up a little bit of steam, November come around. And I, I told my wife, I said, look, 
not leaving the job. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Because they were paying me $125,000 a year. All right. And I mean, I was working seven days for it. Sure. But they was, you know, it was, it was a very lax job. I was just, I was managing owner operators. So these are not employees. These are guys that need to come get these loads. So that was not like nothing really hard to manage. But sure. they were paying me 125000 And come uh, November, they laid me off. Wow. And at the same time, you know what was happening? We were in our first house and we decided to sell our house. And we had already went under contract on a new construction. Golly. And that was based off of my W-2 income. Oh, so wow. I'm telling you, November, it was a Sunday, we put down money on our brand new house. Monday, I went to work and got laid off. Golly. We're talking about Sunday, Monday. That's crazy, the bro. The next day, I went to work and got laid off. But you were already generating some type of income from- With the, the business. Okay, good. With the business. So at that point, when the day that that happened, I, was, I worked directly for the owners. So they brought me into their office and I'm telling you, if it was a, if it was a show, they should have won a uh, dag on Academy Award because they were really empathetic about having to let me go. Like they was like, Brian, this is not on you, man. Like, it's just slow. It's really slow. And, you know, I that's one thing about that I understood about corporate as I start getting these big I'm like I'm a target man I'm a target I'm not you know I start not really feeling safe start feeling insecure because if I do my job really well I can almost be replaced really easy what's going on family this is Che Willis from Wealth as a Journey podcast I don't know if you guys know but I help families who are living paycheck to paycheck live the life that they want to live through budgeting and investing if this is you or you know somebody, go to wealthisajourney.com to book a free discovery call to see if we're a good fit to work with each other for either budgeting or if you're a beginning, if you're a beginner investor, um, again, you can book a free discovery call to see if we're a good fit to work with each other. Again, wealthisajourney.com, wealthisajourney.com. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Because if I create processes that 300 people can follow, then we may be able to slip him out and yep. slip somebody else in. Yep. So it things got slow for them. And in that meeting, I said, thank you. I was like, look, I wasn't, they were sad. Not me. Yeah. I was not sad. Because at that point, I was actually going to work and leaving money at home. God, so you were making more money at home than you were going to beautiful. I was like, thanks. I say, you know what? I appreciate the opportunity. And I hope that we can connect in the future. I learned a lot while I was here. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I still appreciate communicate. Huh? 
that's why I was going to ask you, do you, do you ever work with those people still? Not now, but I have open communication with them. But from what I heard, they're still very slow. Okay. You right. know, so I, he's been an entrepreneur that I am and the creative thinker that I am. I have some ideas of things that I could do with them mm -hmm. that could probably help them generate more income. But I, I you know, it is what it is. I, I would like to, but you know, because I, my, one thing I never burn bridges, you know, I, I never burn any bridges because every job I go to is about trying to provide the most value as possible. So even the company I was at before I communicate with them and trying to do some business with them, which we haven't got any work yet because they are a multi-million dollar company that moves a lot of work. And we're trying to work on that one to get in, but we haven't yet, but still got open line of communication with them. So but, um, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. When, but when, so when I got laid off, when it happened, I called my wife in the parking lot and it was, you know, that's difficult. Mm -hmm. That's difficult mm -hmm. because what we just did yesterday, we yeah. just signed yesterday and put money down yesterday on a brand new house. And so I had to call her and I'm like, babe, just got laid off. I said, but it's on. Yeah. I'm like, it's on. <laughs> I said, they don't know what they just did. Really, they don't know what they just did. They just gave me my time back. I'm like, babe, we are straight. We good. We're good. Let's rock. Because so, all you really need is you just need to call more people to get more loads going to make more money. Like your 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 earning potential is pretty much untapped. As long as you're calling, you can make as much money as you want. Because freight is everywhere. Freight is everywhere. Everywhere you look, the nice chairs you got right there, they was, you know, that's all it was all freight at some point. And they gotta be moved. So the industry is is just steadily going up, up, up. And demand for freight brokers is steadily increasing. Now you even have, I mean, you know, in transportation and transportation news, it's some big freight brokers that are going out of business. But that doesn't mean anything for me. Would it? Well, no, 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 no. Okay, I was, I was, yeah, yeah. It means more opportunity yeah. for me because okay. those big freight brokers had a lot of customers that still need freight moves. So why would a, a big name freight company that's moving a lot of work back and forth go out of business? Uh, not managing their money that that's really it because at the end of the day for us as freight brokers we move money i know you like that too oh yeah oh yeah you know i do <laughs> so here's something that I, I let me enlighten you we we move money as a freight broker that's the only thing we take possession of we don't touch the freight we don't touch the truck we don't touch none of that the only thing that we actually take possession of is the money. So uh, a big freight broker can go out of business by growing their overhead too much, bringing on employees and staff and growing too fast 
and not paying out, not paying out on time. You know, one thing you can, as a freight broker, we have to get what's called a surety bond. And the surety bond is protection for the truck driver. Because there's really no, other than the bond, there's no insurance for a truck to know that they're going to get paid. Just okay. think, it's some some wild cowboy out there that's getting, he's had a good conversation with you because you're a logistics manager and you like, hey, I, Bob, I'll give you 15 loads. And you give Bob 15 loads and you pay Bob for the 15 loads and Bob has all this money and he thinks it's his. Uh, and he keeps the money. Okay. And he doesn't pay the trucks. Now, that's one way a truck com trucking company can go out of business because that trucking company can now go against your bond and you need your bond to be a broker. It's a requirement. So there's different levels of bonds, different amounts. Like the minimum is 75000 That doesn't mean that we have to pay 75000 We just have to pay a percentage to be able to maintain the bond. Okay. So if... Uh, if you have a courier that you don't pay $75,000, that is going to cancel your bond out. Okay. And you can no longer do business as a freight broker. So that's that's one way to go out. But majority, it's always based around whole money management. Okay. So I know, um, I know you had talked about on the morning meetup about um, doing a course on the freight brokerage. But before you talk about that because I do want you to talk about it um what are some of the horror stories or just one it, are there any horror stories for you as the brokerage because I know you don't touch anything except the money what may be a horror story is it, the, the freight didn't make it to where it was supposed to go then they call you what like how did what what happens hey so I had mm -hmm. uh I had this one load for a customer and um, it was an expedited load. It was uh, to go on a, a flatbed truck, but it was a small load, so it didn't need a full flatbed. Um, and it was something that needed to move quick. So I, I had a courier, checked them out. Everything looked good. Hmm. Everything checked out, like no issues at all. I, I do the negotiation, get them the load, and and he picks up. Everything is fine. On In transit, there's a delay that starts and miscommunication starts getting lost. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then we're like close to delivery time and I'm still not getting any answer. So I'm like, what is going on? Where, where's this load? Like I really need this to deliver in the next hour. And yeah. then time keeps going by and the communicate, the dispatcher that I'm communicating with starts being a little evasive, like he's not giving me the information. I'm feeling like he's lying about something. He's not telling me everything. Yeah. And then come to find out something fell off the truck. So part of the load fell off the truck and the driver was trying to put it back on. But it's heavy. Yeah. So he wasn't able to get it back on. Yeah. So he, by the time the dispatcher actually tells me what's going on, he's like, we need to get a forklift. I'm like, what? And, and and you're, so he's telling me, like, it's something that I need to do in the process. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, 
you this load was on your truck you strapped it down you're supposed to secure the load and check it while in transit yeah if you were doing your job this would never have happened yeah but you know that it that happened it fell off the truck he ended up getting it back getting a getting an actual forklift to come on site no it was a tow truck tow truck dipped the bed down scooped it up was able to you know like drop it down on the truck um and deliver late and everything but what happened even though that happened before like early on part it was more it was more so there was damage to the freight mm -hmm. so my customer had to file a claim mm -hmm. and now as a freight broker being the middleman you can avoid that if if your customer is willing to work with you yeah but the carrier has to be willing to work with you also because what you want to do is to your customer, you just say, here's the carrier's information. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Deal with him. You don't have to go through my insurance. He has insurance. Yeah. Go to his insurance. So when I tried to go after their insurance, he says, oh, that wasn't even my truck. It was somebody else's truck. So he brokered, you you brokered him, then he brokered the guy. That's crazy. So I don't, at this point, I'm like, who has my load? Where, like, where's, well, it had, it delivered at that point. But now when I'm trying to get information for my customers so they don't go after my insurance, you're saying talk to this person and I can't even get in contact with them. Now I'm chasing somebody who I don't even, I'm chasing a ghost. Wow. I'm chasing a ghost. And the person who I booked the load with is saying, reach out to them, reach out. I'm like, this load I booked with you. So eventually I was able to get to the owner of the other company and get their insurance and get it to my customer. And I still do business with that customer. That when things go wrong, communication is the key. Facts. Facts. Communication is the key because that saved my relationship with that customer. Yeah. Just be, from communicating. It was the one of the worst situations that could happen. That's that's a that's a huge bar, bro. Because um, I think when when things come up and when you're a business owner, you try to kind of sweep it under the rug and try to make sure or or try to see if the customer may not even see what's going on. But in this instance, obviously, you can't do that. But I think it's a huge opportunity for you to show what kind of character, what kind of integrity you have by facing the problem head on. And giving them up-to-date answers as you get them so you can maintain the relationship so they'll give you more business and then you'll make more money. Yes. I mean, it's it's pain points to this. Just like I, just yesterday, if um, it may be still on my story right now on Instagram, but I had a courier. I've been working with him for over a year. And he told me he picked up a load. His communication has always been good. My customers on my line, like, hey, where's the load at? Did your driver pick up yet? And I'm like, give me a second. Let me call him. And, and I talked to him. He's like, yeah, I picked up. And I'm like, okay. Right back to my customer. Yeah, he picked up. 
And then I hang up and I'm off doing something else. She called me back five minutes later. That load has not been picked up. I'm like, huh? Mm. So I call him. I'm like, okay, sorry. Give me one second. I call him back. I don't want to answer the phone. This was just yesterday I'm talking about. That's crazy. He didn't want he this guy didn't answer the phone for about two hours. But he told me he picked up the load. Yeah. So I know the load has not been picked up because my customer said it wasn't picked up. So I had to book a whole nother truck. End of the day, last minute situation, like really late. Yeah. And he never called me back. And I'm telling you, I've been working with this courier and he's been good for over a year. And I was so curious. So I called, I kept calling. So I, you know, I didn't keep calling right then, but I let some time go by and I called and he answered and he says, I was in an accident. Hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, but so you ain't pick up the load. No, no, I was in an accident. I'm like, so why did you say you picked up the load? I'm I like, look, bro, I understand that you got a lot going on right now, and I'm not trying to add no more stress to what you already got going on. But you know, this is how we lose work. Yeah. This is how we lose customers. Yeah. Because, you know, I look really bad to my customer right now. I look really, really bad to my customer because I told her, I told her that you picked up already and then you didn't pick up. And then I had to get a whole nother truck. I'm like, and it just needed a just one quick minute of communication. I yeah. said, you know, it didn't take much, but just to say, hey, I got into the ac to an accident. I can't talk. I got to go. Yeah. I'm like, but that's it. Like, just to be considerate. So for me, with them, of course, I'll never use them again. Facts. I'll never use them again because I have a very low tolerance when it comes to carriers and BS, really. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm not with it. Because it's it's plenty it's it's good carriers out here that know how to conduct good business and communicate, and I I'm not gonna knowingly put my business in jeopardy for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Now now as far as your um, how did you come up with wanting to do a course on trucking? Like how did that come about? Well. Um, so the course is strictly uh, on freight brokering. Okay. It's, a, it's the freight broker blueprint. Um, I never really, uh, I, I guess I never really wanted to. And it was more because of everybody else. Okay. I, I just really that it, it was like my thought process of not wanting to do courses was all built around everybody else is doing this right now. Yep. Because everybody else was doing it, you didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Got it. I didn't want to do it. I mean, I was like, nah, mm -mm, not for me. Yeah. Because everybody else is doing it. And I don't want nobody calling me fake. And I just don't want to deal with that. I just don't, I don't feel like dealing with that. I don't want nobody calling me a scammer. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And my wife was like, uh, but you got a lot of good information that could be helpful to people. Yeah. And and then in the meetup, 
that's where it, that's where it really really kicked off in the meetup. I think it was Bren that said it was either Bren or Dave, but they said you don't value it as much as other people. Like you think it's just average normal information. Yeah, because you know it. Yep. But that information that you feel is just regular info is very valuable to somebody else. And it's selfish for you to sit on it and not share it. That's it. Selfish to not share the information. So that's really what, that's where it got to me. And I could say over the years, I, in the different roles that I've been in and management and things, I've I've had to take on different teaching roles. Okay. Training, teaching, you know, trying to pull the best out of people. Yeah. Those are the positions that I've been in. So teaching now on something that I've been able to have some success in. Yeah. It's just flow. It just it, it just flows now. So it, it feels good. I'm telling you, having conversations, it, it, that's one thing that really got me. I started doing free consultations and just talking to people and realizing the value that they felt from the conversation was doing something for me. Yeah. Like, just even, here's another example, hosting with me being selfish about not wanting to post. You know how many times I've gotten a message from somebody that say, bro, your posts are inspiring me. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I got one of those today. Today, I got one that said, bro, your posts are inspiring me to keep going. I'm like, I'm doing that for somebody? Now you inspire me, man. Cause I, I got now I gotta get back on and 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 do my do my man, that's that that's the Maybe. that's the thing about social media, man. Because now I feel like, you know, if I done pulled these people towards me and, and I'm giving value information, and now somebody is actually looking for it. Yeah. And for me to just leave it and then just walk away, I feel like I'm doing uh, I, I don't feel I feel bad. Like I, I don't feel good. So it's a part of you know my routine. One thing Morning Meetup has done is helped it make things easier for me in the process because I used to have a whole lot of anxiety around posting and all this stuff. And now, just like how you talked about seeing your time on, my now it's just like I'm on to do my post and then I'm out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I like I may scroll a little bit, yep. but really I use mo- social pe- social media. I post and then I'm I, I dash out. Like I'll post and just shut my phone down because I'm like like the likes and all that. Like, yep, yep, yep. You get caught up in there. Yeah. Not even worry about that. Let me just post and put my phone down. You y'all feel how y'all feel about it? But I'm I know where it's coming from for me. You know, so I could just leave it there and let it go. You know, so. Now I know you don't <clears throat> I know you don't like sales or you're not the sales guy but I think it's very important to tell people uh the value of being a freight a freight broker meaning the earning potential 
and why they would want to get into that. I think it's important for you to tell them because I mean, it, 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 I think all sales is like, I've, I've been in sales pretty much ever since I've been out of college and I was probably selling stuff way before. Like I remember in, in middle school, I used to go to the corner store, get an hour laters and I was selling them in school gum. I'm selling it. Fam. I was, I've always been a hustler in some way or, or, or shape or form. I've always been hustling always. Um, but all sales is, is presenting somebody with options. Hey, here's what I have. This is what it is. This is what it can do for you. And you get out the way. You ain't got to do all the, all the, uh, hey, look, and it does this, and it does it, and it does, like, just, t- just tell them what it does for them and then and back up. Yep. So with that said, like, what, what type of money, what type of uh, time can they get back and, and things of that nature can they make? Yes. So <laughs> can I just speak to your candy selling times really quick? Candy selling days. Yeah. So while I say that uh, I'm not a salesperson, yeah, there are things that I can draw back to over the years that tell me that I'm lying to myself. Yep. Like when I was in school, I used to steal candy <laughs> and sell it. Every I would go to, I would go stuff my pants full of candy, and then I'd go on the school bus and I'd be selling candy. Yeah. As I got older, before I even was able to have a driver's license, I walked to the auction and bought my first car and sold it. Then I went back and bought another car and sold it. And then I became the guy around the way that was selling cars. Yeah, not a salesperson though. You a hustler. You 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 a hustler, man. But but here's yeah. the, the the crazy as as far as freight brokerage goes. Now, this is one that will really blow you away. So five loads. Think about five loads. Okay. Now you you a you a money guy. You you in the wealth. So you gonna follow this real quick. So five loads at a thousand dollars per load. Okay. And your customer runs them Monday through Friday. You know what that comes out to? 1.3. 1.3 million. 1.3 million on your book of business with that. It's because of five loads, by the way. So your customer has a load that goes from wherever to wherever. And so here's the thing about lanes. Most of them are, are what's considered dedicated lanes because they go from the same origin to the same destination. Okay. Dedicated lane. It go from Baltimore to Philly. This, you know, this load of apples every two weeks or every day or however often the market needs it, however often the demand is calling for that commodity type, it needs to move. This lumber needs to move from Baltimore to Philly every day. Okay. So I got five of them every day. That's paying a thousand dollars each. That's five thousand dollars a day, and twenty five thousand dollars a week. That's crazy. And that twenty five thousand dollars a week, that's one point three million dollars on a year. You can make now. You don't want your book of business 
to be built on one customer because that's very risky. Correct. But that is the potential of one customer. And the only reason why I can even call it out is because I had some experience with it. I was going to say, I'm not, I'm not pocket watch. I'm not one to pocket watch, but I just wanted to know that. So you, you already clarified. And I didn't have to say a word <laughs> in, in this, in this, this arena that we're in, I'm, I'm showing receipts. I'm showing receipts because yes, there are a lot of people that's not actually doing it. Yeah. And you know, uh, I'm, I've never had a million dollar business before. So I'm excited too. I like to see the numbers too. So, and, and what I noticed is other people like to see them too. <laughs> so why not show them? It's real. Yes. We actually did do 25,000 a week, 35,000 a week and up on my book of business. Now here's the potential of the freight brokerage world. It's very similar to the real estate game. Real estate agents all work for a broker. Mm -hmm. so as me being the broker we're hiring agents now commission-based agents that are running a business underneath our business they run an agency underneath our business and we make money off of their book so and you put them on and train access. them yes we give them yeah. access to our platforms create a whole portal for them to book their loads in give them all the tools. Now it's a business, so you, you can't walk in the door free. It, yeah. it's a, it's, it, there is a chart because we're giving you access to run your whole business through us. Now you can go and start your own freight brokerage if you want to, sure. but to start a, to be a freight agent, you, this is one of the one business that you can start for very low and make a ton of money because like depend every uh freight other freight brokers big freight brokers this is their model okay i'm not recreating the wheel yeah this is what they do they hire agents as many agents as they can and they spread all over they have agents everywhere all over the country so at here's the thing i did over a million dollars in my first year, I'm doing another million dollars this year, 2023. Now, I'm not the best salesperson in the world. So as I hire agents that do $2 million books of business or $3 million book of business or $5 million book of business. Now let's hire, let's strategically hire 40 agents. Hmm and have those agents hire agents underneath them. Now you got a $100 million annual, $100 million annual business. Now, I'm still being level-headed knowing that my percentage is 4%. I'm going to go all the way down to 4%. After we pay everybody, but on $100 million, I'll take $4 million and walk away. Fact. I take four million. So what we're working on right now is building up our agents. But that is the potential. That's the potential for anyone interested in freight brokering. You can do a million by yourself. And that's gross. Just, you know, of course. Yeah. Gross. But 
once you, if you want to scale, because it's different ways that this looks, you could just do it by yourself and just say, I don't want agents. I'm going to just do, and I'm fine with my million dollar book of business. Mm. Because even as one person, now uh, you can do that. And the process won't be super overwhelming because, you know, that Baltimore to Philly load, you know how many drivers would love to take that same load every day if you had it? It's a dedicated run for them. And well, a lot of drivers on the road, a lot of drivers on the road don't know what they're doing the next day. Yep. So anytime somebody has some work that's regular and consistent, yep. the drivers don't move. And the reason why I know is because of experience. <laughs> Bro, I, I love I love this, man, because you you started from the bottom and you kept working. You had a good attitude. You humbled yourself. You you moved yourself up through the ranks. You had you faced adversity. You still rose above the adversity. You listened to your wife. <laughs> and now you hear and y'all, and if I'm not mistaken, she's working with you, right? In the yes. business. Yeah. I remember. I remember yeah. So so to see to see this where you are. And you adding value to other people by your post. And now you're adding more value to them, which is then adding more value to you because you're, you're setting them up, you're giving them your network. And then you're also going to be able to eat off of your work. Yep. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it has really changed my life. Just, you know, it's changed my life. I'm I'm really happy. I mean, you know, it took a while too. I got I was getting frustrated there yeah. because I'm 38 and I I want things to move forward for my family. So I was getting frustrated and I was like, man, when is it gonna happen? Like, when is it gonna happen, man? Because like this this what I'm doing is not gonna work. This ain't gonna do it. This this is not gonna do it. And so I was getting anxious. I was getting stressed. And I'm like, man, but I'm glad that I waited it out and I didn't rush. You know, I waited it out and we stumbled up on this. And the thing about this is that this, it just, it opens up so many other things because my dream not to do, not to try to do too much, yeah. but from being young and the, the upbringing where I came from, I want to build an empire. Absolutely. I want to build an empire of of businesses of of necessary, the the needed, the recession proof businesses. Yep. Laundromats and 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 you know um uh daycares and, and, and you know businesses that are needed. So the freight brokerage and the money and the income that is generated for us, it just opens us up to be able to do other things that we want to do to be able to continue building this empire. Bruh. This, <laughs> bro, this was awesome, man. This was awesome. Um, And I guess that the next question would be, when is, when is it starting or is it, they call you up and they do a council consultation and then you just start them out. How does, how does the whole process work? Well, what we do have right 
we we have coming up and i i know this is uh this is going to be on youtube mm -hmm. but uh for anybody that catches it now or at, you know right after it airs we have a, a three-day class that is in december and uh, I'm sure we'll drop some information yeah, in, in the comments about it. But it's a three-day class, and it's it's going to give you the information that you need to start, grow, and be successful in the freight brokerage business. It's three three pack days with speakers. DJ Reese is going to be there just to you know try to keep the crowd a little hype, engaged, yep. and everything. Um, but it's foundation. It's how to find your customers, and then the load movement process. These are the three most pivotal parts of running this business. You know, you have to build a solid foundation before you even think about talking to any customers. And then once you get to the customers, you got to understand who is your customer. Because everybody, I don't do business with everybody. I don't move loads for just anybody. Yeah. I actually do turn down work from shippers because it don't align with what I'm doing. So second day is about customers. And then day three is the load movement process. Cause once they actually say, here goes the load, then you're like, Oh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so we talk about foundation sales and the load movement process three days. It will be recorded. So if you can't make the date, you can always catch the replay. But outside of that, we do have our freight broker course, um, that uh, there's a link that we can drop below to get sure, access absolutely. to the course. We have a, a ebook available also on how to start your freight brokerage and mentorship. We have month monthly mentorship too, um, and that's on a limited basis because you know it's about the quality. I want to make sure that you get the information, so um, it's a limited amount of monthly membership uh, mentorships that we do, but we do have that available, and we can drop that information too. Bro, this this was this was awesome, man. Um, if if I didn't get anything else from this conversation, hopefully, uh, there was so much information in there. Is that you have to uh, humble yourself. You have to uh, be start where you are, learn what you need to learn where you are, to make it to where you want to go, and always keep the the end goal in mind. Where you are is not where you're going to end up. Unless you do something where you're not humbling yourself or you're not listening to your spouse or things of that nature. And then you also have to be a doer, man. Like you can't just get the information, just keep getting information over and over and over again and not do. You have to do or get good. Like he said that Donnie or Dave told him, get good at something. Be focused on that, get good at it, and then you can move on to the other things. But B, this was this was an awesome conversation, bro. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate I appreciate you for having me on. And sure. you know, this this is a platform right here that y'all gonna hear about for a good while. I'm telling you, wealth is a journey. It, you know, it, Shay, he has so much information that is is pivotal to success and growth. And I'm glad to be connected with you, bro. My guy, I appreciate it, man. We, we, uh, my, my wife and I went, when this airs, um, I got some, some, some big news coming. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm debating whether I'm going to delay an episode to, to put the, to get the news out there. But this is something that we've been working on for a long time. 
you probably already know what it is. It's something we've been working on for a long time. We were able to accelerate some things and mm-hmm. and get the thing done. And uh, I, I'm just like, and we just made the decision today, like okay. today, like okay. before, hey. before a couple hours before we we did this episode, bro. And 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 well, I'm, congratulations. I'm still Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. I'm still in, like, I'm still in shock, bro, because like, it's something that we've been working on for so long and now we're here. It's like, now what? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it, it's, it's because of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's why I named and God dropped it in my spirit to, to to name it that, but now it all makes sense because it's it's like wealth is truly a journey. Like it's not something that's quick. We want microwave things. It's not that. It's not going to happen like that. And if it does, it will not last. You got to go through the, the 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 starting from here and then working your way up and learning along the way to maintain the thing that God is going to give you later on if you don't yeah. give up. Like, yes. Ooh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so B, man, th- this this episode blessed me, bro. Hey, it did. So, I, I appreciate you, man. And um, you keep doing your thing out here. Keep adding value to people, man. And 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 your customers are first. And, th- and that's one thing I got also is that your customers are first. And if you keep them first, and you do good business by them, and you add value, you're always going to be in demand, bro. Yep. And and for for us as a freight broker, both sides of our our customer, the sh- the, the carrier as well as the shipper, yeah, we we need to build good relationships on both sides. Facts. So um yeah man I will I will put um uh, B's information all his company information everything below, and uh, we will make sure we get this information out to the masses so uh, we can start to get into these M's. wealth is a journey thank y'all for tuning in we'll see you next week